Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and happiness and my sex and happiness and my guests' sex and happiness. It's a show about getting sexier and happier all the time. And today I'm really excited because I have a dear friend, sister, uh, person I love and adore who has educated me a lot um, in her subject field. Her name is Hope Anderson. And she is a bee guardian from the big island of Hawaii. She's passionate about bringing sweet, natural playfulness into the bedroom space. Honeybee products that are sacred and healing to the body. So Hope, she goes by Hope the Honeybee. And Hope is on the show today to talk to us about how important honeybees are and their products and the playfulness of what she has created. So Hope, welcome to Sex and Happiness. Yay. Thank you, Lori. So happy to be here. <laughs> Me too. I'm happy to have you coming all the way from Hawaii. And, um, you know, I let's just say this. I'm going to tell my listeners this. And some of them are probably like me. And some of them might be more like you. Like some of the listeners that I have um, and may know something about honeybees. Like they may know how important bees are to our evolution and to uh, our lives and that there was a danger that they were going extinct. But what I'm going to admit vulnerably here to everybody is that I didn't know anything about all that until you. <laughs> like you taught me about bees and you taught my partner, Michael, about bees. And then he would talk to you and then he would say, you know, Hope says blah, 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 whatever it was. Hope said, so now I've started, like, if there's a honeybee in my swimming pool that's drowning, like, I pull it out of the pool and, yeah. and keep it alive. Like, I've rescued, this summer, I rescued more honeybees than I ever um, imagined I would even care about because of you. Mm. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit about how, how did you, how did this happen to you? How did you become... Hope the honeybee. Hope the honeybee. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, it, it's really interesting. Like I wasn't at all aware of bees and wasn't like on this path of like, I'm going to be a beekeeper. Um, I actually did an ISTA with you, my very first ISTA in, in Arizona. Yeah. And during that ISTA was like the first time I felt just so clear in my being. And I just kept getting all these downloads to go to Hawaii, whether it was other people at the training that were from Hawaii or like a meditation I had to where like after the ISTA training, I met a beekeeper that was from Hawaii. And that was kind of the catalyst. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to go to Hawaii and maybe bees have something to do with it. And then the signs became so clear. Someone taught me how to communicate with a crystal and the crystal told me to contact the bee man. And then uh, I think it was just 
three weeks after ISTA, I sold everything, uh, packed a backpack and I moved to Hawaii and started studying with a holistic beekeeper here in Hawaii. That's amazing. Ben, before that, you were, were you really a professional dancer? Am I getting that wrong or right? Like I know um, dance is a big part of your background. Yeah, dance is a big part of my background. I wouldn't say that I was a professional dancer. I definitely grew mm. up dancing and I compete dancing. But uh, before ISTA, I was really, I was really a traveler, you know, finding mm. my soul, finding those parts of me that have been dismembered and um, also wanting to find love in all corners of the planet. I, I hear a lot of fear around like traveling third world countries and engaging in those places. And those are the places that I went and found a lot of love and connection and also found a lot of pieces of myself. Beautiful. Me too. I don't know what it is with people about being afraid. I don't have that fear either. So some of the places I've been have been like, I learned huge lessons in them and uh, I never felt afraid. So, right. yeah. So I understand that. So that was, so you got to Hawaii three years ago or four years ago. What would you three say? Years ago in November. So Beautiful. yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And like behind you in this, in the screenshot here, these are, these the beehives, these squares, yes. these rectangles. These are, these are four of my beehives. And you might be able to see some bees flying in and out. I saw them flying around you. You're amazing that you're not afraid of them. Although I know that a few days ago you said you got stung. Um, but it's how many bees do you have? So I tend to seven hives right now. And um, in my journey of working on my languaging, I don't like to think that they're my hives, okay. but rather that I'm the caretaker. I'm the guardian of these hives. So okay. I nurture them. I love them. And uh, you spoke of getting stung. I work with the bees often naked or just in a pair of shorts because mm -hmm. I really feel this uh, strong connection between the bees and when they get to see me in my vulnerable state as i'm opening up their home and playing inside their home then they they see that i'm vulnerable and they're vulnerable and we can meet on that level and often i can work the hives without any stings that's like amazing to me i mean a few times i don't think i've ever i don't know i think i once got stung by a honeybee Long, the probably my first sting ever. I sat on, um, ooh, I think I was like in college. I sat on the grass somewhere and there must've been a bee like on a little um, dandelion or something, you know, some flower that was on there. And I sat down and I went, oh, you know, I jumped up cause it stung me on the butt. Um, that was my first sting. The other stings I've gotten in my life have been from hornets and they've been really horrible stings oh yeah the kind that blow up my hand or blew up my foot or whatever but i love this whole notion of you tending to these seven hives so let's talk about how um what do bees have to do like with our sex and our happiness with our evolution with uh what what do bees contribute to us i mean i know they go around and they pollinate the flowers and I know that because the flowers are pollinated, we get fruits. 
and mm-hmm. we get vegetables and things like that. But you know so much more about this. So because you've mm-hmm. really steeped yourself in it. So what do we need to know about our sex and happiness that have an intimate connection to bees? Yeah, well, I see the bees as kind of like the microcosm of the human macrocosm of the world. So these these little creatures go out and make love to the plants and to life all day long. And they live in abundance and they have so much abundance that they just give it away. And they're just like emanating this light and this love. And um, I think that's something that we can really learn from, you know, as we come in contact with other beings with other humans and we open our hearts and meet those people in love there's like just such a deeper connection than this um superficial man-made way of interacting with each other so when i when i work with the bees the reason why i'm able to be naked or or wear very little is because they can sense me, you know, they can sense your feelings, they can sense how you're being in yourself. And when you're in uh, fear or negative vibrations, they'll sting you. So it's like they're, they're a physical reminder to like, keep coming back to love and keep coming back to present, like just be right here, be right here. And um, what they can bring to like our sex and happiness is, I, I noticed that like a lot of people burn candles and they like to have sacred temples and things. And these candles that people are burning are often made with paraffin and, and um, toxins and all these really bad things that aren't good for your house, for your home to be like in that container. And uh, beeswax candles, they let off negative ions, which eliminate the free radicals in the air, eliminate toxins in the air, bad odors in the air. Um, beeswax candles are, are also non-toxic and hyper, hyperallergenic. So mm. people who have allergies and stuff, it's really good for them. And even people who have asthma, they, they recommend that you burn it in your house because it helps eliminate the mold and all kinds of things that may be in your home. Um, so wow. yeah, that just like creates a healthier and happier environment in general. And as far as like sexuality goes, um, the Egyptians used to use honey on and in their vaginas to keep them young and supple. Uh, honey is anti antibacterial and antiseptic. So you can use it on your cuts and your wounds. You can use it anywhere on your body and um when you add water to it it's not sticky so like let's say you get covered in it it's not going to be like syrup or like you know you spill the soda on you it just takes a little bit of water to get it off and then it was like a playful fun time but you're not this sticky mess afterwards wow that's pretty cool i didn't even know that about the egyptians i heard about somebody rubbing honey in their eyes because i'm having eye challenges these days and so um I've been using Sananga to, um, uh, from the plants in Peru. I've been using Sananga drops, which hurt a lot, but then, you know, supposedly they're taking cataracts off of me. But someone just told me that they had honey, they put honey in their eyes. Wow. Yeah, I never heard of that before. So you haven't heard of that one. I, see I the, haven't heard of that one. The bees are flying around you. They're making their debut appearance. Yeah. <laughs> 
podcast. <laughs> so it's not just me on our first podcast. We got the bees on their first podcast. Yeah, that's so well. great. <laughs> that's so great. So, um, so that's amazing. And then there are restorative qualities, like there are anti-aging qualities about honey as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and really about uh, bee stings. So bee. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, beekeepers have the longest lifespan of any other profession. Beekeepers have the longest lifespan. Wow. Yeah. So not only from the bee stings, so bee stings have been used to treat people, well, cure people of Lyme's disease. It, it treats people with cancer. I know someone who personally cured themselves of HPV from bee stings. It works for rheumatoid arthritis. Um, it helps diminish tumors and all sorts of things. Um, so this is like something called bee sting therapy. What do, what do we call this? Appy therapy. Appy therapy. Yeah, we talked about this because I have this numb spot on my foot, on my left foot. And we were thinking about you coming and um, finding some bees that would donate themselves to stinging my foot and seeing if we could regrow the nerves between my two toes. Um, so there's that. Oh my God, there's so much. Like, let's just keep going. Like the list just keeps going and going and going of what what is possible from bees. Yeah. Well, and, and they did a test with um, beekeepers and they found that we have longer telomeres than, that, than other professions. Maybe I have to change professions. <laughs> you know, Michael wants to get a beehive here, you know, and I thought, I don't know, I don't know, but maybe we should. Maybe you should. I mean, the bees don't, like you can see, I can be really close to them. They're not going to bother you. And if they just one day came up and stung you, that's medicine. You know, they might come sting you right in your butt so that your foot feels better. But they have medicine to deliver for sure. But for the most part, they just keep they just keep to themselves and like tend to themselves. Yeah. So let's talk about. Um, oh, I wanted to know the qualities of honey. Like they say that honey is really a an anti uh, oxidant, and that honey is really good. I mean, they always said that honey was really good if you have a cold. You should take honey, mm -hmm. warm water, maybe with ginger. And like that. So what are some of the qualities that honey has if you take it raw honey? Um, yeah, well, it's good for coughs. It's also antibacterial and antiseptic. So if you have some sort of disease going on in you, it's great for your digestion. Mm -hmm. um, my housemate just got a staph infection, actually. And we were healing his wound with honey. And we were able to heal one of his wounds just by putting honey on it every day because it just draws out all those toxins. Um, they say to eat a tablespoon of day a day to stay healthy. There's also um, lots of carbs in it. So it's not necessarily diabetic friendly, but it's better for diabetic people than sugar. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Yeah. My father was a dentist and he always said that honey wasn't really any different than sugar when it came to your teeth. So mm. honey is not my favorite thing, but since we have your honey in the house, 
I've been taking it every few days, like a teaspoon of it every few days. It's not that I don't like it. It's just like, I'm not, I'm more of a sour and salt person than I am a sugar person. So I, I don't, I hear you. I don't love honey. I don't put it on my cereal or anything like that, but I'm taking it on purpose now because we have your honey, you know, we ordered a honey from you. So we have it in the house. Um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about um, how they were going extinct. Like what was going on in our environment? What were, what was keeping from proliferating? Because that I learned that from you too. Yeah, so there's the scientific way of thinking, which might be that people are using too much pesticides and herbicides. And you spoke of a dandelion earlier. A lot of people are mowing down their dandelions. They just have these grass lawns. So a lot of a lot of the flowers are missing. But one thing that has come into my awareness is this idea of artificially inseminating the queen bees. So um, 90%, maybe, maybe less, but a lot of beekeepers get their queen bees shipped to them. And these queen bees are artificially inseminated. So man is taking sperm from, from some bees and then injecting it. They put the queen bee under, they inject her with sperm, and then they ship her somewhere. And then when she gets there, um, she has to stay in a box in the hive so that the hive doesn't try to kill her. And then after two weeks, they can let her out of the hive and let her like produce babies and produce honey. But in that, in nature, uh, the queen bee is naturally mated with like 40 or 50 drones. So she has all these different sperms inside of her belly and she holds onto that for five to six years and yeah yeah it's crazy that's a long gestation period (laughs) to just holding all that sperm in her little spermicidal pouch Mm -hmm. and um when she knows what sperm has been put into her she can say okay my hive's being attacked by beetles so i'm gonna use this genetics to fertilize these eggs so that these bees are born to protect the hive. But when man is artificially inseminating her, I mean, we might just be putting one strain of sperm inside of her. So she can't use that like natural ability to um, fertilize her eggs with the bees that she needs. She's just, she's pumping out whatever's in there because she doesn't know. She's been traumatized. Got it. So the bees are really like a reflection of the trauma that humans are experiencing. That's what I see is like we're raping these queen bees and and then using bees as an agricultural commodity, as industrial Mm. farming, rather than treating them with love and respect. And because of that, they start declining, you know, just like cows would. They get mad cow disease or chickens. Yeah, yeah. And then didn't, wasn't there something about 4G and 5G, something about bees not being able to find their way back to the hive or some kind of radar? Yeah, the, uh, the electromagnetic field is being interrupted and that's how, that's how they navigate. So this idea of putting a bunch of satellites up and putting a bunch of cell towers up to create these short um, waves 
so that we have better internet access is really detrimental to the bees and not just the bees, but any pollinators, any birds. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Really, really amazing stuff. I, um, I, yeah, I guess I'm in this big question. Like, so how do you get, how does one get started? Like, how did you, you have seven hives there. How did you mm -hmm. get the, how did you get the hives? Like, does somebody so, just think, oh, I want to buy a hive? Like, what do you do to get a hive? Yeah, you, you can buy whole hives. Um, I'm not sure how it works on the mainland. Yeah. Because things can be a little bit different there. But I, I know holistic beekeepers here. So mm -hmm. they will build up a hive for me and then I'll bring it here. Whereas um, often when people get a hive, they get a, a box of bees mailed to them. Mm -hmm. And then they can put that into a hive. But I would recommend anyone who's interested in getting bees, um, looking to your local beekeepers and, and asking them to... Um, create a beehive for you so what the beekeepers will do is they'll split off they'll take some of the baby bees and just put them in a different box and so make one hive into two hives and then, then they'll create to, their own queen i was going to say oh then you have to get a queen so how do they they actually like nominate someone i mean how do they get the queen yeah yeah they're very smart so in in commercial beekeeping, we select which bee we're going to make into a queen. We make it into a queen, then we inject her with the sperm. But in nature, the bees pick which which bee will be the queen. So they have a sense of, of which one would be the best. And so mm -hmm. they'll take uh, the larvae and um, create a queen cell and then transplant the larvae into a queen cell and feed it royal jelly. And that's what creates the queen. And speaking of royal jelly, that was that was one of these interesting facts I yes. found out this week. So the bees feed the queen royal jelly, and it increases her lifespan by forty times what the other bees are in in the hive. So as beekeepers, genuinely, we will go into the hive and look for any queen cells and remove the queen cells. That way the hive doesn't swarm. So um, I don't always practice that. I, I, I tend to like the hives to swarm and just let them be and do their natural thing. But um, when a hive swarms, you lose half of your population, meaning you lose half of your honey, half of your wax and all that jazz. So a lot of beekeepers um, remove the queen cell and eat the royal jelly which is also adding to our lifespan and increasing our lifespan. And how do you, I mean, I'm just like, how would I know <laughs> royal jelly looked like? Um, but it sounds like I should be eating royal jelly since I'm an immortalist. I want to live mm -hmm. 40 times more. There you, go. there you go. There are some people that extract royal jelly and, and they put it into jars I'm not really sure how it's done because that's not the way that I practice, but yeah. you can, you can purchase it and you can eat it. And it's like this white gooiness and it tastes sour. It's sour. You were just talking about I would probably it. Like it. It's sour. I yeah. would probably like it very much. So, okay. So that's how they do that. Now, when you say swarm and you lose half of your hive, what does that mean? Like when I think of a swarm, I think of like, those old cartoons 
where like there was a person and then there was a swarm of bees flying around their head or something. So is that what you mean by swarm? Like half of the, half of the hive goes, goes out somewhere and doesn't come back. So a swarm is really like a hive having a baby. And um, what happens is the hive decides they want a new queen. Maybe, maybe their box is full and so they need to split to have more room. Mm -hmm. And so they'll produce a new queen. And when that new queen is born, the old queen and half of the bees go and find a new hive. And then the new queen gets to stay there in the hive and create a new life. And the swarm is like, really, it's like a ball of bees. Yeah. And, and they'll just fly around looking for a place to be. So if you've seen uh, bees on the back of a car or bees up in a tree that are just like in a ball, that, that's a swarm. And so they're looking for a home. And um, yeah, bees don't really swarm per se, when you're working in the hive, they might get angry and just like kind of attack you. Mm -hmm. But a swarm really means like a, a baby bees being born. And so if you just put another box there, would they find that box naturally? Or would you have to transplant that the old, the old queen bee into that new box? Um, they tend to like to be 18 feet apart. So what I do is I place boxes up in trees or mm. up in my house, like uh, farther away from these hives so that if they swarm, they can find it. And then also what you can do is, let's say I have gotten calls before saying, hey, there's a swarm at my house. I can go over there, go to a tree branch, take a box, go to a tree branch and just shake the bees into the into the box close the box and now i have a hive so that's another way people can get hives they can just go out and find a ball of bees and shake them into a box you did that at friends of mine's house in upstate new york you oh yeah went, you went to phil and justine ledger's house and you got a bunch of bees out of somewhere i don't know what you did with them but you got them oh out of man that was my first time doing it alone <laughs> It was such a shit show. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, it was living in their garage wall. I, like, ripped off the wall, and they didn't have any protective gear. So when I'm removing hives, I tend to like to wear protective gear. So just all duct taped up. And I went with my Hawaiian stuff, so I had to wear, like, their pants, their long sleeve shirts. And it was it was fun. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you were going there to help them with the bees at their house. Um, okay, this is good. This is really, really good. So there's a lot of, now we didn't talk about, let's talk about that. Um, there's this other product that you make from bees. It starts with an S, spilene. Or oh, spilanthi. Spilanthi. Yeah. So spilanthi is um, an Amazonian flower and it has a lot of medicinal traits. It has um, antibacterial, antimicrobial and antifungal properties. It's known as the toothache flower. So it's really great for toothaches. Um, I had a friend who had an abscessed tooth. Mm -hmm. I stung him in the face and I gave him Spilanthi honey. He, it was like all swollen and everything. The next day, boom, gone. Just totally solved. But uh, Spilanthi is also used in sex products. 
and it's known as the buzz button. So if you ever had like a sex product and you read the ingredients and one of them was the buzz button, that's philanthi flowers. So what I do is I dehydrate the flowers and then I mix it with honey because honey um, is like a preservative. It helps things last much, much longer. Mm. And then you can use that. I like to use it when kissing because it makes my mouth all salivated and tingly. But you can also use it on cunnilingus. Um, I find that giving head to men, they don't quite feel it, but if they're uncircumcised, they seem to feel it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a super fun thing to play with in the bedroom. This could be a good stocking stuffer for everybody's, (laughs) for every, uh, every sex geeks stocking could be stuffed with Spilanti. Yeah. Yeah. Something new and healthy to try. I love the feel of it in my mouth since you sent it to me. Um, mm. My partner doesn't get it, but I like it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> great, great. I'm yeah, glad you're using I like it. it a lot. All right, so let's talk about, um, let, let's share with people like what you're doing now with like beeswax candles. Like you're putting them into, into you're, you're bridging the gap between beeswax candles and sexuality, fun sexuality. So what have you created with that? Yeah, so I've been creating different um, candles that people can use in their temples. So whether they like just hand-dipped candles and just that uh, classic feel, or I've got candles in the shape of lingams and candles in the shape of couples making love. And right now I'm designing some that are in the shape of yonis. Um, I have female torso molds and just like bringing some eros and sexiness into the, into the temple space, but in a really sacred and healing way. That's beautiful. So that is, so that's more stocking stuff or kinds of things and more long-term, um, like just beautiful blessings of using what you said in the very beginning, like using beeswax candles that actually are good for the environment, good for us to be breathing in, eliminate free radicals in the environment, and you're being playful with um, the shapes. Yeah, the shapes of them. Do you, do you happen to have, you don't have any there. Do you have any there that you could show us? Mm, if I can move around. Yeah. Yeah. Move around. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, not only that, but the beeswax candles also burn brighter. So oh. uh, brighter than any other candle. And they're the only naturally occurring wax in the world so there is no other thing actually creates wax like yes there is soy wax and things like that but not naturally those those soy wax candles are good oh those beautiful that's like the that's like the kama sutra temples nice those are beautiful we got our lingam here excellent <laughs> and then uh this one is the couple making love. That is beautiful. Those are gorgeous. Mm. And you designed yeah. those or you had somebody design them? Um I designed this one. 
Mm. The other molds already like existed. So they were, yeah. they were advertised as can or uh, cake molds. And I, and I turned them into candles. So yeah, I've designed some. And like I said, I'm designing some yonis as well. Beautiful. I love it, Hope. I love what you're doing. I think it's so, um, well, organic isn't it like organic underline underline you know like as people talk about organics and then you know sometimes things are organic and sometimes they're not but mm -hmm. this this is a beautiful use of nature now i wanted to tell you that you know years ago i don't know how many years ago i made a film called beyond dinner and one of the my soliloquies in the film i say to people you know about the birds and the bees that has to do with sexuality and if you the sooner you make peace with sexuality the happier you'll be like the more life the more ex extensive your life will be when you make peace with the birds and the bees and you are literally making peace with the birds and the bees you know like <laughs> I mean, before when you said that the bees go out of the hive and they make love to the plants all day long, like about what, like, let's talk about that again for a second. Like I, you know, like what time do the bees leave the hive and then what time do they come back? How many hours a day do they spend out there making love to flowers? Oh, before sunrise, as soon as light breaks, they are up and making love to the flowers and, and all the way till sundown. I mean, as long as they can see, it's actually sprinkling out here right now and, and they're still flying around. Mm. Um, so they're, they're doing it as much as they can. And um, since you speak of the birds and the bees, I want to touch on that. And I had a download the other day because like we all talk about the birds and the bees, but what really is the story? You know, like yeah, what is the great. story yeah. of the birds and the bees? Yeah. So um, I found out that when the birds start making chirping sounds, mm -hmm. the, the flowers start to open. And when the bees go to the flowers, they'll, they'll, they're electrically charged. So let's say they're positively charged and the flowers negatively charged. And so when they touch the flower, it creates static electricity. And then that resonance goes down through the roots of the trees or the plants. And they tell the other plants to open your flowers. We're ready to be pollinated. So both the birds and the bees are inviting the flowers to open to make love with the world. So there's, there's the real story of the birds and the bees from my. I love that hope. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. That is uh yeah, that answers the age-old question, you know, people, when they talk about the birds and the bees, you know, Michael always tells this story when he, he heard about the birds and bees when he was, I don't know, four or five, maybe he was a little older, and he said to his mother, you know, mom, what are the birds and bees? What does that mean? And his mother said, the birds, the bees sting the birds and the birds let them. <laughs> that was the <laughs> That was her story of sex. <laughs> and you so, talked about how like opening up to the birds and bees allows life to open up. And that's exactly what happened to me at ISTA. 
you know, mm. as I opened up to my own sexuality, my experience of the birds and the bees, my whole life changed. Like I, I came out here with just a backpack and a tent. And now here I am creating this business around bees and sharing the magic of bees and cultivating land in Hawaii. It's, it's amazing. It's really that is, amazing. That really is amazing. That really is. And let's tell people, I mean, I, I don't, most of my listeners know that I'm a lead facilitator for ISTA International School of Temple Arts. And if you're interested in that, you can go to the website ista.life. And that's, there's no.com. So it's ista.life and you can find out more about ISTA no matter where you are in the world. Now, because we're in the time of COVID, there's not as many ISTAs as there used to be. Mm. Um, but we're hoping in 2021 <laughs> that we will come back online to a certain extent and we will be, you know, offering at, at least as many ISTAs as we used to. But let's find out how to touch how to touch base with you. How do people order your candles? How do people find out more about bees and beekeeping? What's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody here has gotten ignited by mm -hmm. your enthusiasm and your life force having to do with bees? Well, I am launching my website, Honeybee Sensual. So that is live and people can order these candles and honey and spilanthi honey from that website. I also have another website um, called hopeinthehoneybee.com. And uh, you can always reach out to me on Facebook as well. Like you said, my name is Hope Anderson. And yeah, I love to chat, love to share the magic of the bees with the world. So let's, when we say honeybee sensual, that's the first one? Yeah, honeybeesensual.com. So that's really the one that's focused on these erotic candles and, and bringing some playfulness and innocence to the bedroom. Um, my Hope in the Honeybee website is more of like the PG version, you know, if you want to buy candles and honey, you can do that here. Or if you want to go a little bit more erotic, you go to honeybee sensual. That's great. Hope. I'm so, listen, I am so excited for you. I've watched, you know, from here as your life took its shape, you know, as when you left for Hawaii, not quite knowing what was going on. And then all of a sudden you got stung by the idea of working with bees and mm -hmm. it's just, it's progressed from there. And it's wonderful. I congratulate you. Mm. And I, not everyone finds their life passion, you know, and, and it's just wonderful that you have, you know, yeah. and that you're all, and then now you're giving back to others, like you're creating ways for others to learn about bees and also to get products that are beneficial to their health and well-being and they're helping you make a living and helping the bees stay alive. Uh -oh. And really? I thank you, Lori, you, you helped give me a lot of the tools that have brought me here and, and we're still working together and learning from each other. So we it's are. really beautiful. We are fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. This has really been different. I mean, a lot of times I'm t talking to people who are like, teaching something or you know they wrote a book or something like this and you are like you're writing a book in nature you are mm. just, it's a different story and it has a tremendous I feel like it has a tremendous impact 
just as much of an impact as somebody who's trying to make a bestseller book or what have you. It's, mm -hmm. it's awesome what you're doing. Really awesome. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you for being my guest today. Thanks. Thank you. And thank the bees for agreeing to come on. <laughs> Absolutely, Lori. I love you. Thank, thank you for having you. me. I love you too. So good. And everybody else, thank you for being my listeners today. And uh, please get in touch with Hope, especially if you're puzzled about what to do do for the holidays and always looking for unique things and unique gifts, get in touch with Hope for both uh, the December uh, holidays and Valentine's holidays, et cetera. And um, please tune in next time when I will have uh, the Tantra love coach on my show and he'll be telling us what his secrets are and on and on, on we go. This is Laurie Handler saying namaste to you, Hope, and namaste to everybody. And thank you so much for tuning in to Sex and Happiness. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Laurie and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.